Hi, this is John, by the way, and I'm excited to talk to you today about John chapters 7, 8, 9, and 10, but actually I'm going to focus mostly on chapter 10. The Feast of Tabernacles, all those things are so awesome in chapters 7, 8, and 9. The uh, pouring out of the water ceremony, the fact that Jesus would call himself or tell people that if they wanted living water, they should come to him. In the middle of that, the fact that he would say, I am the light of the world in John chapter 8. And then after these metaphors of water and light to have a man born blind, at the beginning of John chapter 9, whom Jesus sends to wash with living water, so that he goes from darkness to light, all of those just flow together beautifully and by design, I think. John chapter 10 is where Jesus speaks of the Good Shepherd. And recently I had a chance with Hank Smith and Al Carraway and some others, let's see who else, to write, contribute to a book called Look Unto Him with authors Anthony Sweat and Jody Moore also. And the art was by Eva, Eva Koleva Timothy. Beautiful art. And I got a chance to write about the Good Shepherd. And I want to share some of the things I wrote in that chapter about the Good Shepherd. Once again, that book is called Look Unto Him. It's mostly like an art book, but we got a chance to write essays about certain things. And it just reminded me of one time in my ward where this guy got up to give a talk and I knew it was, you know, this is a new era in time when he pulls out his phone. That's where his notes were. <laughs> Instead of making notes on a notebook or in the margins of his scriptures, he pulls out his phone and talked about sheep. And I was inspired by, by what he said. But let me tell you what I shared in this essay called The Good Shepherd. The books of Matthew, Mark, and Luke are sometimes referred to as the synoptic gospels because they're written with the same eye. You can hear that synoptic synthesis, synchronize, S-Y-N, same optic. The first three gospels, that's why you can have gospel harmonies. They're blended together easily and they share some of the same stories. But the book of John is unique in its in some interesting ways. For one thing, the book of John doesn't have any parables by the strictest definition. John also uses several I am metaphors, or Jesus uses several I am metaphors that John records, including I am the light of the world, I am the bread of life, I am the true vine, I am the resurrection and the life, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and of course, I am the good shepherd. Interestingly, modern shepherds are more often, I think, referred to as sheep herders. They have dogs and pickup trucks rather than rods and staffs, and they herd or drive their flocks from behind, pushing them where they want to go. But ancient shepherds, on the other hand, would lead their sheep, even calling them by their names. And Jesus described that. This is John 10, 11 through 15. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep, but he that is an hireling, and not the shepherd, whose own the sheep are not, seeth the wolf coming, and leaveth the sheep, and fleeth, and the wolf catcheth him, and scattereth the sheep. The hireling fleeth, because he is an hireling, and careth not for the sheep. I am the good shepherd, and know my sheep, and am known of mine. As the Father knoweth me, even so know I the Father." And I lay down my life for the sheep. So the hireling, that's the end of the scriptural quotation ending in John 10, 15. The hireling is, you can hear the word hired to watch the sheep. 
and he flees at the sight of danger, does not care for the sheep. So self-preservation is more of his motive than caring for the sheep. The good shepherd, on the other hand, faces the danger to the point he's willing to lay down his own life for the sheep. And we could ask, why would he do that? Well, because he knows his sheep, they know him, the sheep are his own. And if only one little lamb is lost, the good shepherd goes in search of it until he finds it and even comes home rejoicing. That's a reference to Luke 15, those parables of lost things. Now, the young man who presented a fireside in my ward, he said some of these things. Sheep are very simple animals. They're easily distracted. They lose their sense of direction. At times, they even need help getting back on their feet when they fall down. What helpless creatures, we might say, but the prophet Isaiah taught that we are more like those sheep than we may want to admit. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. That's Isaiah 53, 6. Going our own way is, unfortunately, sometimes the wrong way. Thankfully, the good shepherd is willing to come after us at great personal sacrifice and rescue us from our own poor choices. In fact, as Isaiah continues, the Lord hath laid upon him, the good shepherd, the iniquity of us all. I inserted the good shepherd in there. And what's his motive for protecting his sheep or us from danger? It's because he cares for the sheep. And as the good shepherd stands between the sheep and the dangers that exist in the world, Abinadi testified this is precisely what the Savior would do. This is from Mosiah 15, 9. Being filled with compassion towards the children of men, standing betwixt them and justice. So not only is the Good Shepherd concerned with protecting us from danger, but when away from danger, he wants us to enjoy an abundant life. John chapter 10, verse 10, I love this verse, Jesus said, I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. The Old Testament King David spoke in beautiful poetry about the Lord in perhaps the most well-known and most beloved of all the Psalms. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Someday it would be wonderful if we could hear the music that went with that psalm. So the Savior has set the example and shown us the way for us to become, have you heard this word before, under-shepherds to those around us using the pattern that he set. After the Savior completed the atoning work and returned as a resurrected being, he visited with his chief apostle Peter, and three times the Savior asked Peter if he loved him. And I've always felt like perhaps the Lord was giving Peter an opportunity to perhaps soften in his own memory his three denials on the night of Jesus' trial. Peter answered each time, Thou knowest that I love thee. And the Savior's three replies were, Feed my lambs, 
feed my sheep and feed my sheep. And as we know, Peter underwent an amazing transformation from sheep to shepherd after the events in this last chapter of John and continuing through his life and ministry. And today we remember the words of Peter who echoed Jesus' words to the shepherds who would come after him in future dispensations. This verse I'm going to read is 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 2 through 4. Feed the flock of God which is among you, taking the oversight thereof, not by constraint, but willingly, not for filthy lugar, but of a ready mind, neither as being lords over God's heritage, but being in samples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd shall appear, ye shall receive a crown of glory that fadeth not away. And as we know, the, the Lord's flock has grown. He has many sheep in many folds around the world. And opportunities abound for each of us to take on the role of shepherds and care for one another as the good shepherd continues to care for us. In fact, President Nelson taught, and this was in 1994, in the August 1994 issue of The Ensign, the title is Shepherds, Lambs, and Home Teachers, we call it ministering now. President Nelson said, As I foresee the troublesome times that lie ahead, when deepening trials and testing shall be thrust upon members of the church, the gentle caring of compassionate ministering brothers and sisters may literally save spiritual lives. The Good Shepherd lovingly cares for all sheep of his fold, and we are his true under-shepherds. Our privilege is to bear his love and to add our own love to friends and neighbors, feeding, tending, and nurturing them, as the Savior would have us do. By so doing, we evidence one of the godly characteristics of his restored church upon the earth. Now, that was the first time in President Nelson's talk when I heard the phrase, under-shepherds, we are his true under-shepherds, and we are doing the work of the Good Shepherd, of the Savior. And we too, like sheep, are simple creatures. Sometimes like sheep, we go astray, we get lost, distracted, we lose our sense of direction, we need help to get back on our feet when we have fallen. And in these times, when we are more like a sheep than a shepherd, and isn't it interesting, the scriptures compare us to both, how grateful we are to be surrounded by faithful under-shepherds who look out for us and care for us, ministering brothers and sisters, bishops, Relief Society presidents, class and quorum presidencies, who care about us and know us by our name. Together, all of us are trying to emulate the Lord who proclaimed, I am the Good Shepherd. The Good Shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. Sister Jane B. Malin gave a talk called The Summer of the Lambs. She was a first counselor in the Young Women General Presidency, and I believe this was in 1989, but if you Google it, The Summer of the Lambs, you'll get right to it. She tells the story of them working on a farm in the summer and their father saying, listen, these lambs lost their mothers, the ewes, in a terrible storm. And if you will help raise these lambs at the end of the summer, you can sell them. And they were so excited. They made troughs and everything that the lambs didn't know how to eat. That was the problem. They made lambs. They, they lined up the lambs. They pushed their noses down in the milk, but they didn't 
They didn't know what to do. We tried wiggling our fingers in the milk, she said, and get them to suck on our fingers. Some would, most of them just ran away. And she realized most of our lambs were starving to death. And the only way we could be sure they were fed is to pick them up and feed them like babies with a bottle. And then she talked about at night there were coyotes up on the hill and they would sit and howl. Often in the night, she said, the coyotes came and the lambs were restless. My dad would take out his rifle and shoot it in the air to scare them away. We felt secure when my dad was home, Sister Mainland said, because we knew our lambs were safe when he was there to watch over them. And then she added, Clay and I, her brother, soon forgot all about becoming rich. All we wanted to do was save our lambs. We can hear her going from a hireling to a shepherd that cares for the sheep. The hardest part, she continued, was seeing them die. Every morning we would find five, seven, ten lambs that had died during the night. Some the coyotes got, others starved to death surrounded by food they couldn't or wouldn't eat. Part of our job was to gather up the dead lambs and help dispose of them. I got used to that and it really wasn't so bad until I named one of the lambs. It was an awkward little thing with a black spot on its nose. It was always under my feet and it knew my voice. I loved my lamb. It was the one that I held in my arms and fed with a bottle like a baby. One morning, my lamb didn't come when I called. I found it later that day under the willows by the creek. It was dead. With tears streaming down my face, I picked up my lamb and went to find my father. Looking up at him, I said, Dad, isn't there someone who can help us feed our lambs? After a long moment, he said, Jane, once a long, long time ago, someone else said almost those same words. He said, feed my lambs, feed my sheep, feed my sheep. That's in John 21. Dad put his arms around me and let me cry for a time, then went with me to bury my lamb. Sister Malin continued, it wasn't until many years later I fully realized the meaning of my father's words. At the end of her talk, she said, Parents, priesthood leaders, teachers, advisors, be watchful shepherds. And you, our noble youth, band together in the strength of the Lord and lead out in righteousness. Reach out with loving arms and understanding hearts to those who are weak or wandering. Help bring them back to the fold, where they can learn of the Good Shepherd and grow close to Him. And please choose carefully the paths you walk, for others will follow. That's the way with sheep. That was a great talk. I remember that from many years ago, 1989. Never forgot it. And so when the chance came up here to talk about the Good Shepherd, I remembered that. I hope you will enjoy reading that too. And I hope this has been helpful. We are both sheep and shepherds in this world. So let's follow the Good Shepherd who loves us and who lays down his life for us.